What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hello and welcome to the movie podcast review of David Fincher's The Killer. My name is Shabazz and joining alongside me in this room of assassins and patiently, patiently waiting are Daniel and Anthony. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I can't wait to see who kills one another first. Is this, this like Clue? Review. Well, no, it's The Killer. So we're going to find out who The Killer is. I guess it is kind of like Clue. Yeah, that's kind of like Clue. Right? <laughs> It's Clue. It's Clue. Yeah. So welcome to Clue. No, no. I'm I'm so excited. You know, we're going back to the early days of the movie podcast. One of the first films that we ever reviewed um, for Netflix was Mank. And I remember us being so excited. It was David Fincher and us watching the movie and being like, yeah, that was great. But there was something about just David Fincher's grits and brutality that we missed. Um, and I think we're going to talk a lot about that today. So I'm very uh, yeah. happy. I think we definitely will. And of course, the real assassin in here, I think the one that actually could kill and probably oh, already has. Guys, you don't Anthony. have to. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. You're too kind. Oh, shucks. Yeah, shucks. Um, <laughs> hello, everyone. I'm doing well today. I haven't killed anyone yet. As they yeah, say. I mean, so you say. So you I don't know so what I say. Still early in the day. Still yeah. early in the day. Uh, most you might hear happen a, at night. You might hear a knock on the door. Oh. Imagine you showing up right now beside me. I'm like Anthony. How did you do this? That's that's quite the magic trick. Uh, yeah. Do you guys ever see? Uh, do you guys ever see like those uh, those fake like uh, it's like chat roulettes rooms yes. where it's like somebody's like setting yes. them up to be like, oh yeah, I'll be right back, and then it looks like it reloads, and then they show up in the next person's feed. Yeah, that's what Anthony's going to do. It's a very complicated system he has set up here at the movie podcast. Um, all the budget somehow, goes towards that. <laughs> that's all of our budget goes to all the money million, that we ever made eighty, 80 million to do this one <laughs> sequence. It's, just one practical joke that was just it. to kill us all yeah absolutely. just to kill us all as a joke yeah i love it I'm, I'm totally here for it i'm totally here to die by the hands of anthony i'm pretty sure that is how you and i are going to go out daniel i feel like if you and i were to die one day just miraculously if someone was able to kill us anthony would be the one to do it well i mean who else would it be yeah. right he it's like it's either going to be someone from our comment section maybe i don't know or yeah. or it's going to be anthony who most likely is that person in yeah. the comment section you know he's is. just covering all of his tracks he's very very meticulous that I, and he knows our routine he knows when we get up he knows you know where we live and how we take our drinks that's the he's most like, important oh, part <laughs> yeah you know and and i think that's why it's like we've never been inside anthony's house no so like never. how do we even know like this is all a green screen and he's behind also him. unpredictable when it comes to like when we go to the movies like i always know daniel gets the popcorn i'll get like some candy and, and a drink and then anthony will be like it just depends. It just depends on his mood. So yeah, I, I couldn't kill him. So I couldn't true. kill him. I wouldn't know how. It's so true. You can't because one day you can't I might be him. eating one thing or I might not, or I might have something else or I might come in yeah. with a sombrero. I don't know. Sombrero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know how to kill Daniel. Like just, just honestly, like just in the popcorn. Easy. Just in the popcorn oh. or roll up to the house 
and yeah. oh, this, <laughs> do it. this do kernel's you really do. hard to crack. Well, that's just cyanide pill. Oh, it's know? a sl- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think cyanide should be that hard to crack. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I you, mean, it would just slip right in. It would be in I the think powder. It should be though, a little hard to crack. Imagine like you make a mistake, like you're like one of those assassins that just has it in the corner. Oh, oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, god. Uh, there we go. I'm curious in the history because obviously there is there's a a lineage of spies and spycraft and assassins the world as fantastical as they sound they do exist mm-hmm. i'm curious how many like of those like cyanide teeth or whatever in in reality have ever failed or yeah or fell out by mistake I feel like it's a, it's you know a good you, you, you're, you're curious i'm curious what the fail rate of that is you yeah. know what i mean or mi6 or the cia they're like damn like what's the oh we got a bad them, batch you know? of uh, teeth this week so yeah we're doing a anyone recall who, on those ones a recall yeah, anyone of, who has of, batch 72 of these teeth yeah. uh make sure you go to your dentist immediately out oh, of 10 God. i would say a good six Wow, six out of 10. that's wow. a good amount. That's a that's really a, wait. That fail or that work? That fail. That's wow. not a good. I'm that's like, not I a good grind my rate. teeth sometimes in my sleep, so like oh, I'd 100 yeah. be dead. Yeah. I'm, I'm off guard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. eating popcorn and then there you go, cyanide pill yeah. gone. That's how I go. Of course, if you couldn't tell the movie that we're talking about again, like I mentioned in the beginning, is David Fincher's The Killer, which will be released in limited theaters October 27th and on Netflix November 10th. Uh, this is Fincher's. He's been with Netflix for a little while now. We've had the Mindhunter series, which is so beloved, and we will champion for a season three any single day. Uh, and then, of course, here uh, we had Mank that came out, and I think now it's The Killer, right? Like that's I think am I missing anything there? Well, I mean, we yeah, we had Mindhunter, Love and Robots, I think, and then he does Love and Robots. Is it Love and Robots? Love, Death, and Robots? Love, Death, and Robots. Love, Death, Sex, and Robots. I think there's sex in there. That's <laughs> there, oh we're, we're just adding and cyanide <laughs> pills. I don't know. There's I think there's cyanide a lot, but it, pills. crazy show if you've ever watched it on Netflix. It's uh, really it's, good animation. It's, certain. it's cool. Certain yeah. um, episodes, really good animation. Yeah, yes. it's also very scary. And like, if you ever watched like the opening of a David Fincher film, like the opening title sequence, it's like just picture that, but as like, an animated show. With a dragon tattoo to a to the max. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and of course, we want to give a huge shout out to our friends at Netflix Canada for inviting us to come watch this movie uh, and to talk about it. Of course, we're the movie podcast. You can follow us every single place at the movie podcast on Instagram. X, formerly known as Twitter. I don't know. Is that even how they're kind of saying it nowadays? Um, we could just, you know what? I think let's let's just make a decision. You know, like, are we going to go forward and call it X? Does that make the most sense? Should we just say X? I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, what, what do we have to lose? Yes, X. And then we have Instagram. We're everywhere as well that you can kind of find us. Make sure if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, or wherever you get our show uh leave us a comment leave us five stars leave us a thumbs up wherever you can because it really helps us out and helps us to know how you feel about what we're watching sometimes the comments are absolutely insane and we love that sometimes they're really really sweet and when they're really really sweet uh i guarantee you all three of us smile and i don't know how i know this but anthony's smile the assassin's smile can cure a lot of diseases that's that's what i've heard at least there we go. Yeah. One, too bad he's one never more smiles. Soul saved. You know what I mean? That sounded like you were teeing him up for like a Chuck Norris joke. It's like, oh, Chuck, Chuck no. Norris's tears could cure cancer. Too bad he's never cried. It's too like, bad he's oh, never cried. Like, oh, God. God. This is also a fact that you and I just watched Expendables for the other day, but we're not going to get into that. We <laughs> will not be talking about that film today, but no. stay tuned to a future main episode of the movie podcast where we will 
talk a lot more about that film. And we just dropped some great episodes as well. We have our Killers of the Flower Moon review. We have our Spider-Man 2 on PS5 review. And we also just dropped a main episode as well. So stay tuned for more. We're going to be doing a lot more games. We have Super Mario Bros. Wonder that's out right now as well. So we want to definitely get our review out for that as soon as we possibly can. And of course, we've got so many other great things that are coming out. So stick it right here, like Daniel always says. Stick it. Put your butt in the seat. Put your ears to the speakers or I don't know what else you say, Daniel. You say all these crazy things when we're driving and you say never mention them in an episode because I don't want people to know that I actually say these things. I don't I can't confirm or deny that. You don't know. Just like an assassin would say, right? Uh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this movie does star Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton, to name a few people, and of course, directed by David Fincher and Geist reteaming with Andrew Kevin Walker as one of the one of the writers in this film, along with Alexis Nolan and Luke Giacomo. Andrew Kevin Walker, as you'll remember, is famous for Seven, one of my absolute personal favorite films. I'm even rocking a David Fincher t-shirt right now if you're watching this on YouTube, courtesy of Daniel and Sweet Peach Creative. So go ahead and check them out also on Instagram. And of course, Daniel, thank you for uh, making me the shirt. This was really kind of you. You're welcome. I can't wait. So my favorite, my, what, what I'm hoping happens, Chase, because I've given you pretty much every birthday, I've given you something Seven related. Oh man, if you look um, behind me. You have a shrine of seven back there. I'm hoping like if someone ever does come into your house to attack you or, yeah. or you know, or Anthony, eventually when Anthony comes to take both of us. You also um, haven't said like knock on wood yet. You're like, you're pretty much putting this out there at the moment. No, I have a wood desk right here that I'm talking on. I haven't touched it yet. <laughs> I haven't, My I haven't aren't touching it. it. I, I'm floating. It's poison. I'm floating right now. <laughs> uh, I hope they look at that shrine and be like, you know what? I'm not going to mess with this person because we insane. need more. We, oh. <laughs> he, 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 we need more of him right. in the world that's what you meant yes okay yeah. exactly. that's, the, that's the crazy exactly thing is it. you would think i would go into your house you'd be dead before you even got into the house like oh. that's how oh that's so sweet man wait so you're the one killing i said it isn't killing me okay good good to know good i bought the know. house across the street you know what the scariest part is the house across the street just got sold <laughs> this week <laughs> no it just got I sold this it. week i'm I not even it. kidding you <laughs> Congratulations, though, Anthony, homeowner. That's yeah. Well. Congratulations. congratulations. I mean, and also, sorry, Shay. He's <laughs> a good neighborhood, though. We have walks every single Thursday, so and you want to join and, me? And I'm not surprised kill because me on it because Shay, you and I live relatively pretty close to each other. So Anthony, most likely with a sniper rifle, could somehow he see could me from here too. too. Yeah. It's like yeah. there's a big window in front of me. So as we're doing this, Lucy you know, Lou yeah. and Kill Bill, twenty miles exactly away. Exactly that friend of the show, Lucy Lou. And without further ado, let me kick it over to my good friend who would never kill me, Daniel, for your first reaction to David Fincher's The Killer. Well, now that you said I, I, I'd never do it, I guess I can't do it now. Uh, man, does it feel good to have a David Fincher film out in the world again. You know, I think not a week goes by that one of us isn't talking about a David Fincher film, you know, either The Social Network or a girl with a dragon tattoo or zodiac or or seven as shay you can't escape seven you see it everywhere you everywhere you go <laughs> i see i um, see a sin on every corner and i can't do yeah it's, that, <laughs> you know? all, it's I, all like, i think is shay is like the number seven when he wakes up yeah it's like seven. the number 23 like jim like jim carrey's people, like he just sees it everywhere you think i'm insane like it, it's yeah. not that crazy i'm a normal person i promise you and, but the best part about it is that I just keep feeding it to you. Really, yeah. I'm the insane one. You are. But the I'm making it one. seem like you are the insane one. And every time you buy one of these movies, I'm sure someone's like, "I don't want to sell this to you, man. Are you crazy?" <laughs> yeah, like why? What? Like I think I think the craziest one though so far is the UMD. Like yeah. some a Portuguese UMD copy the of Portuguese. Seven. That was, that was very fitting though. 
it was fitting. So, but yeah, let's 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 get back to the killer. I mean, the killer, Michael Fassbender, is playing an assassin who, and this is directed by David Fincher. This is a, a a dream come true for us because we haven't seen Michael Fassbender for a very long time. I think the last one that we saw him in was it Dark Phoenix. I mean, like, not not including next goal wins yes i believe not yeah oh yeah next goal wins technically not out yet not, but we did oh, see yes, that also tiff. not out yet also not out yet but like to see david fincher going back to his like brutal and just impeccable impeccably precise roots of just giving you one of the most gorgeous looking films giving you one of the cleanest looking films obviously david fincher has been known to shoot digitally and this film is just gorgeous like it is stunning beginning to end the cinematography is, is beautiful and he, obviously he's reteaming with the cinematographer he worked on with mank who won an oscar for that film and with mindhunter um but it's just it's it's an absolute just dream come true this film so going into it i, I was really just like i just want a david fincher film i want almost to have that that it's as, as comfortable as you can be in a movie like this because on every single moment watching the killer you feel like you're at the edge of your seat because he is the master. David Fincher is the master of just building tension, building every moment, and then giving you something that you don't expect. And there are so many twists and turns in this movie that you 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 feel like you would expect coming, where you feel like, okay, it's going to be a loud gunshot, or it's going to be uh, a, a punch or something that happens. And then David Fincher just goes a completely different way. So throughout the entirety of this film, I just felt so tense. I just felt so just, I don't know what's going to happen next. And I think that's what I love so much about it. Um, it is so stylish. Again, you know exactly the style I'm talking about when it comes to David Fincher. Right from the get-go, this movie is opening up with a with a killer title sequence. Not my favorite out of all the David Fincher title sequences that we've gotten in his you know 25 plus years of giving them to us. Uh, but it's very cool it's very unique looking and i think um once this film comes out at home or hopefully we get to watch it again in theaters uh, i just want to like freeze frame it and see every moment because fincher is just the master of putting little teases to the grander film in those title sequences um but i do want to talk a lot about michael fassbender who i think carries the majority of this film the majority of this film is told through inner monologue so he's not doing a lot of speaking dialogue in this film but it works because he's this driving force behind it he's so stoic and he's so eloquent in you know being a hitman and you know we we talk a lot about john wick in the larger world of the you know the continental where you feel like everyone is a hitman in that world especially when they put that call out and everyone just seems like they're going to be you know the entire city starts turning on john wick this feels like a very real take on what an assassin will look like in 2023 you know he uses amazon to order stuff to you know go on his missions or he'll reference things or like we work or uh, there's a bunch of other moments in this film where it's just like he's just getting these things off the shelf or online and he's using very modern technology to go about his day it felt like like i was almost playing a hitman game like in my head especially because like this film's broken up into chapters i was like oh my god like it just feels like okay i'm going on a dominican republic mission now i'm going on a the front the paris mission right now and it's just it's, it's very cool it's very uh it's very linear in its layout and i think each almost a vignette feels like a story in its own and i think that's what fincher really has taken from his work doing mindhunter where this film feels very serialized throughout and each chapter 
is its own story. And I'm really excited to revisit each one because it's very unique storytelling. We don't get this very often in films where, yes, we'll get parts, we'll get different, you know, title cards to distinguish where we are. But this really is uh, contained within one another. And yes, they're building onto the next one, but it felt more reminiscent of the structure that we'd see either in a TV series or in a video game that we're going almost level to level to level until it builds up. The ending felt not as strong as what we got, you know, leading up to it, but it's still great. And if there's ever a world that we get more uh, of Michael's Fassbender as the killer, I'm so in for it because there's so much to love this movie. And I really want to talk about it more uh, with all of you. There's so many great points that you kind of hit on there, Daniel. I definitely want to dissect a lot further. Um, but like you kind of said in the beginning, I'm just so happy to have David Fincher kind of back to formula, you know, back to the form that we're so used to. I, I, to I teed you up for it. I know. Yeah, I was like, back to formula. <laughs> back to formula. And, and, and again, there's, it's just also so nice to also see Michael Fassbender. And I, I think one of the things I kept thinking about was um, the what if of when Aaron Sorkin was coming up with Steve Jobs and David Fincher was attached and Christian Bale oh, was man. in the movie. And then Christian Bale left and so did David Fincher. And then Michael Fassbender stepped in. It's like through fate almost, they've kind of found each other in a way back to each other, even though they really weren't in the beginning. But it's it's nice to see what Fincher also could have done with Michael Fassbender. And they are such a pair. I would love more David Fincher movies starring Michael Fassbender. It almost kind of gave me the vibes of something how how when he paired himself with Daniel Craig and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, they carry each other. They they worked really well with each other. They have this unique flow to it. Even with Brad Pitt, like you see the shorthand that Brad Pitt has with David Fincher and seeing that you're like, oh, like you, you, you could tell that he really is somebody that works really well with the lead character, whatever film he's doing. And you look at with Jesse Eisenberg in the social network that he is just such a driver of Rooney Mara as well. Yeah. Uh, just a driver of those performances. Well, you know, with David Fincher, I always find that his movies tend to be noir based. And I know that this, this graphic novel is a noir graphic novel. And I feel like these two worlds were just meant to collide david fincher and his eeriness and how he undertakes a lot of his films with certain aesthetic and certain like color schemes and taking that and putting it into a noir graphic novel about an assassin i just feel like these are the two things you want to happen and he did a fantastic job telling the story of the killer i have never i haven't read the book the killer or, or the graphic novel, but I, I know of it. I've heard of it. It's been talked about a lot. It's one of these indie graphic novels that, that got a lot of acclaim when it came out. And so getting into this movie, this is my kind of my first introduction to this character. And I just want to jump into the books now because what we got from this film with a, was a methodical idea of an assassin and how he goes around and deals with the things that are happening in his world. And very similar to what we get from, you know, the John Wicks, his type of assassin is more grounded. Like Daniel said, he has, he buys his, his equipment from Amazon, but he's also brutal. And he is someone who's unassuming, but also very aware of what's happening around him. He's very much like a chameleon. He wears this bucket hat, which is, he wears a bucket hat, he wears these glasses. When you see him, you just feel like it's someone that you would have walked 
pass like someone like he literally look, he literally looks like the guy from weekend and bernie's you know when they put the bucket hat on <laughs> like, like just just yeah. someone that you just wouldn't assume would be yeah. you know one of the deadliest people on earth and then you hear his inner dialogue and you hear about how he meticulously plans all his things out before he goes into uh one of his contracts but then things happen where it's unexpected and even for him and i i love that part about an assassin story where you know when you hear assassin you always think they're the best of the best of the best of the best right with this type of version of an assassin uh with michael fassbender's because we don't know his name we were never given a name he's just the killer that's all we know him as just a bunch of aliases, I guess. The and the, yes, a bunch of alias, yeah. which is uh, it's really funny because the, the, the names that are given to him, but we don't really know his real name. He he plans himself so well that even an assassin like this guy can have bad days. And that's what this movie really showcases the bad day for or the bad week this guy goes through. Um, and, you know, with David Fincher's look, his the way he approaches this character is relentless it's brutal it's shocking at moments um but there's also i think shay you mentioned there's there's comedy or both of you guys might have mentioned there's comedy in it and it's a great like balance of all the assassin films that i grew up on like the professional or la femme nikita where there's a very european vibe to his character and a very european aesthetic because it some sequences take take place in in France, but it's just it has like this slow methodical pacing that you you like from David Fincher. But when there are parts when the action rises, you feel it. You you you're embraced in it. You're like, okay, this is this is it. This is this is what we've been waiting for. And I think you know with Mank and um, what was his movie prior to Mank. Was it, it was Gone Girl, Gone, I Gone guess, Girl. was before that. But uh, then we had uh, Mindhunter. And Mindhunter, which, well, yeah, he directed a, a couple of episodes of that, as, as well as, like, um, what was the uh, House of Love, Cards? Love, Sex, Dut- Oh, yeah, House of Cards. Forgot House of Cards was the big one, too. Yep. But this is this film just fits David Fincher. And I feel yeah. like he got a little bit of that um, Mindhunter because he, he is a serial killer in a sense. He's an assassin. And he kind of blended those two worlds and made this really unique character study of an assassin and what he goes through. I, I really enjoyed I can't wait to watch it again. I think yeah. I, I know that he used uh, a red camera to shoot a lot of his a lot mo- majority of it. And you could feel, really feel like the digital crisp to it. Um, I know that we've been talking about like film is always like so good. But I think a digital camera in david fincher's hands he just he just knows how to like capture cinematic for sure uh look to it and i i was just like floored by the visuals um i Daniel, do you know the name of the the cinematographer i off like i can't remember the cinematographer for this film is uh eric Messerschmidt. yes who won an academy award like we were saying for mank worked with Fincher on Mindhunter and just like what you're saying Anthony like you you put a digital camera in the right hands obviously with with any director but Fincher especially who's was really one of the first big directors to start using it all the way back like you look at Zodiac and you may have even used it before but um you get something really special I think when Fincher gets his hands on that quality of a camera 
Definitely. Shay, you are our Fincher head here at the movie podcast. Obviously, we all love him, we but all love him. only one of us is wearing a Fincher, David Fincher shirt right now. So yes. clearly, uh, <laughs> Not I'm a big so fan excited. Of his I'm no. so excited to hear about what you thought about this film. What were you thinking about going into it? And how are you feeling now post being killed by the killer? Oh my God. You know, it, it, it's really interesting because as soon as I think someone sees how, okay, this guy's wearing a David Fincher shirt, he's got a shrine behind him. He's not going to have anything negative to say about this movie or cr criticism about this movie. But there is definitely some criticism about this film that I want to definitely touch on at some point. Uh, but this, this to me was just such a cool movie i i think one of the things i said to you in the car when we were driving back home was this is the kind of assassin movie that i would have loved to have made as a kid where you know i'm, I'm writing down these these tight and very calculated procedures that an assassin's doing the first like 30 minutes of this film is really just this i mean the whole movie is a monologue really but really just this inner monologue of the of pay of the patience an assassin has to go through and i've definitely seen it a lot in movies where you know they're waiting they're doing the stakeout but it always seems like in movies that you know the cards just happen to fall at the right time and, and it, the right thing happens at the right moment this movie is the complete opposite of that where he's talking about how he's been waiting five days to, to to take out this one client and nothing's really happened yet they haven't shown up and when that f moment finally kind of gets to it that anticipation that build up towards that moment and when what happens happens it felt so earned it felt so right it felt so unlike anything that we've seen in i mean we've seen assassins make mistakes in movies but the way that this kind of plays out is like I really didn't think it would kind of go down that road. And when it did, it felt earned. A lot of this movie, a lot of the moments feel earned. There is a specific moment, though, in this film that I feel like I kind of wanted a bit more punch out of it. I kind of wanted to feel it a bit more. And I'm sure on a second rewatch, I might find what essentially he was trying to do with this moment, Fincher. And what is there? Was um, to can you give us like a. Uh, the ending like of the a, film. The ending okay, of the film. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. The ending of the film, which is why I don't want to go too into it, but it's like, I wonder. Right. You know, on a second on a second watch, will I understand what the purpose of this was? Because a lot of this movie, while watching it, is just kind of taking in the visuals, the aesthetics, and the way that that Fincher kind of drives you through this character. Like I felt like I was one with Fastbender. I felt like I was right there beside him throughout each motion that he was kind of doing and understanding the characters seeing how they kind of operate was so cool it felt like a combination of also a lot of great fincher movies you look at seven you look at fight club you look at even gone girl like the moment in the bathroom i just remembered seeing rosamund pike in it and i was like yeah i this is he, he's filmed this the same way he's, he's brought a lot of those same vibes back and you just never know where this movie is going to kind of go. It, it feels very unpredictable, yet also familiar at the same time. I think that's what I kind of loved so much about it. Fassbender's so good in this movie. He's just, I loved seeing him. I love seeing him stoic, but also fun. Like, like we've all mentioned here so far, the movie is like a dark comedy at certain points. There's some jokes that are so earned and land so well. Uh, and of course, the music, Trent uh, Reznor and Atticus Ross. You think that, you've heard it all from them. You think you've kind of heard everything they can possibly do. And then they take it with this and they pump it up a notch and they give us sounds that I don't know what instrument or animal that they were using at a certain point, because <laughs> you're kind of sitting there like, what makes this sound like, yeah, did, did, is this, do you guys discover music by accident? Like, how does it go? I was saying there was you. almost like, yeah, it felt like almost like the Geiger counter sounds yes, like in Oppenheimer. Yes. There was like these weird, like rattlings and these the clicks. knocks and the clicks. And it almost sounded like 
like dice on a wood table. Like there's like all these fully weird artist, soundscapes. Like wet dream in a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. It sounded uh, like, it's like a doctor's stethoscope when, yes. when you listen to their heartbeat and it's kind of muffled, but you see, it's like they took that and they kind of like, what does a heartbeat sound like in an evil person? And it would make this <laughs> modular. Yeah. And it would just and, be and this it makes sense, pulsating. Right? And it feels like, and I get it because he constantly looks at his watch because of his heart rate. He has to be, calm before he gets into what he's about to get into maybe that's that's the thing maybe that's that's what we're hearing no i was going to say something that you mentioned that i really liked because you brought up gone girl and obviously this feels like a lot of uh, like fincher's obviously he has this repertoire of films and he's going to bring that with him but something that i loved so much in gone girl and obviously he does again in the killer is that the voices that you're hearing is not narration it's inner dialogue it's the character's thinking process. So they're not telling you about what's happening in the movie. They're telling you about what's happening in their heads at that very moment. And especially when you have the first 30 minutes of this film where there's no one else talking but the inner dialogue of Michael Fassbender's character, it's really incredible. And it really is a testament to David Fincher's directing that he could tell a story that is somebody's just thought process and it is narrating the film but it's not like narrating like Goodfellas or like a Scorsese film would. This is the inside of somebody's head in that moment. And it really makes us and it made us all feel like we're in that moment with him. And when you tie in the score, like you were both saying with Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, giving us that score of feeling like you were in, you were his pulse and you're getting his dialogue. You really feel like you are, you know, in the mind of a killer in that very moment. <laughs> the actors that kind of come in this movie, they have, maybe they share like one scene with him. And again, it's, it's those vignettes that you brought up, Daniel, where you're, you're getting these chapters in this movie and each one has like that big boss level that you'd play in like a hit yeah. game. And that is that, that actor. And they all just leave such an impression. They might be in the movie for like 10 minutes at the most, or even 15 minutes, maybe even less. And they leave a mark. You'll be thinking about that moment there's a brutality to the way that the action is done in this movie as well. And Anthony, one of the things that you mentioned, I know when we were walking was you don't see a lot of the blood or the gore or the, really the, the grossness that can come with a lot of what's happening, but you hear it and it's kind of like a sh don't tell, but you don't show, but tell kind of scenario where what you're seeing is just <laughs> shocking. Don't show, but here <laughs> don't show yeah. but here because the sound design in this movie is the best of the year. I, I just, I loved it. I, I, I'm, every time you'd, you'd put on his headphones or he'd open a door or the, the, even when he's attaching uh, the silencer to his sniper. And I think one of the moments that stood out to me the most was right when he put his bag down on the table in the beginning, you heard like a clunk of that bag and the weight of the straps. I was like, that must be the heaviest bag anyone has ever carried. And I had books through college and high school that I'm sure were, were heavier than that. But still, nothing feels heavier than that backpack right now. I feel bad for his back, but I guess that's why he's also doing all those stretches and yoga poses during the during the time that he has. The the sound design, it it's a it's a sound that you really feel like they, we were talking about how you don't really see a lot of the brutality or because of Fincher loves to shoot in dark places, a lot of contrast, a lot of like neon and, and taking those elements and bringing it into the scene. You don't see as much blood as you think you would see, but you feel it because 
the sound really impacts you as a human. Like you feel it, it hurts. Like there are parts of this where someone's running and you hear them, you hear their foots, their foot, uh, their, their feet running on the floorboard and you feel it like, Oh my God, you tense up because you feel like someone's going to tackle you. Um, yeah. The sound design is the best. I would say this year, there's a really, really cool sequence where he has the headphones on and it cuts between what his inner his inner dialogue as well as what's happening out uh, outside his his head and how the music changes to be so much louder and then so much muffled when it's in his ear and when he's listening to it it's really really well done and it just helps you to tell this story of how this assassin thinks yeah, yeah. so there's a there's the sound design is something i really wanted to focus on because i think fincher is so selective of what sounds that we're hearing and know and anthony you mentioned like the diegetic music so like we're hearing it and then the non-diegetic music where it's like we're getting the perspective of like just like it's playing in the scene and the the music that's he's hearing so it's really cool how it's interwoven between each section and each scene of the film but yeah i think what's what's so interesting and what this the sound design in the film is like anthony you said that it hurts and it's like it does it's so crisp and loud and you'll hear bones breaking you'll hear blood dripping or guns going off but it's almost because it's like you don't hear anything else because fincher is so selective of what sounds that you're hearing you're not hearing a whole city you're hearing very selective sounds and it makes it feel almost a little surreal or makes it feel like almost like like it's not a real world like you feel like a little removed from it but you're also just like hyper fixating on each sound and it's almost how you know michael fassbender's character is perceiving things he's very fixated on whatever sounds he's in immediately interacting with it's really really cool and i think um I'd love to see this film get nominated. I, I feel like it's going to be this. It's going to be uh, the killer and hopefully Oppenheimer that are going to be like the leads for like those tactical awards because there's so much. And obviously, like we're so spoiled in the year that we've gotten, you know, Fincher, Scorsese, um, Scorsese, Scorsese. Sorry, listen to our main episode for that. And then Chris Nolan and so many other just massive directors dropping films this year because. 2023 is i think going to go down in one of the best years and one of the best like director driven years that mm -hmm. we've had in a long time absolutely and the script is you know for someone who doesn't speak a lot and i know there's a lot of internal dialogue it's so well written you never find that you're so you you're you're lost in the script it's it treats it in such a way that everyone can understand it but the idea of what this assassin is thinking and how he approaches, we'll say, the people that are in his in this story. It's amazing because I feel like, you know, with any other person, they would have been, um, they probably would have spent too much on the dialogue or you would have been annoyed with the internal dialogue of this, of this um, story. With this type of writing um, perfection, you are always captivated of what's in his head. You always want to go back to Michael Fassbender and know what is he thinking at this moment? Because that's, I feel like a lot of people want to know what are they thinking at this moment? It's not always like I kill and I leave. There's, there's always something after. And I love that approach to the story, which is different and unique to an assassin movie or even like any type of action movie. 
I love that you bring up the accessibility of the script because you're right. This movie doesn't get overcomplicated. It's it's pretty straightforward. You should be able to kind of pick it up and understand what's kind of happening. Something that we've talked about, you know, in the John Wick series where they made that movie and then just became it became lore. It it just it kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper until it I think found itself out of a hole at some point. But you look at this movie and, and it's just straightforward. It's an assassin. They're hired. They go kill. They have personal lives. They treat their personal lives a certain way. And that's kind of it. I remember um, one of our first kind of looks at this film was back. Well, I forgot what year it is now, maybe 2021, when we got that Netflix, you know, sizzle reel of movies coming out soon or whenever. And I remember it was just the, the, the part that everyone kept focusing on was we finally saw some of the killer. And I remember how they were shooting this film was that the scene in the beginning when he's, when he's on the motorbike and you're just seeing like screens all around him and lights all around him. And it's like, wow, they didn't even shoot that on an actual street. Like that was shot. And again, Fincher has that way of where he makes these movies. And you have no idea where the CG is more than half the time. You're like, oh, like, yeah, they shot this on the street. And then little do you know, you look and it just wipes away and it's like a green screen or he's shooting on location, but nothing really in the background is there. So he has that, uh, he has that eye and he has that look. And again, he's coming from a world of music videos. He's coming from a world of just style. And I, this movie shines through and through with that. That was uh, uh that scissor reel was actually January of this year, Shay. Was it? My God, this. Yeah, is, I know. Because I just checked. Because like they sh- they shot this film middle of last year, and then the scissor reel was January right. this Sorry. year. The one You're that. Ne- right. But 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 no, but like it feels like this has been a film long in the making, right? Yeah, I also thought it was 2022 for some reason. That's why I was like, well, well it's only one year ago, but now it's actually <laughs> it's 2023. I'm living crazy. in Anthony's world, man. Calendars don't make sense. Live in the future. Don't live, live in the future. past. Live in the past. Damn. There we go. That's that's the motto. Uh, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on before we kind of get to our final recommendations for David Finch's The Killer? Let's do it. Let's do it. Dana, let's kick it off with you. This is the highest watch it. Like, this is something that's worth your time. You're going to have, if you love David Fincher, there is so much of this film that you're going to absolutely love. Um, I think it does get, uh, even though it's under two hours, it does get a little, loses a little bit of its steam right around the midway part and then the ending i think is something that i'm hoping on a rewatch will hit a little bit more with me but because the rest of the film is just so damn good you're just going to get lost in this world there's absolutely killer sound design i wish i could give a hug to every single member of the sound department of this movie because they just absolutely killed it they were they delivered a a a, a gorgeous sounding movie i know i'm going to keep saying killed it um but it's brutal. It's everything that you could hope for for a David Fincher film. And it's a friggin' amazing performance from Fastbender, who is very stoic throughout. But man, does he look good. And you're going to keep your eyes glued to the screen with every single moment. Every single moment. Every single sound matters in this. And it's going to be something that I think we're going to get even more as we keep re-watching it. Make sure you watch it either in theaters or on Netflix. But go watch it in the theaters because it's a damn good one. Yeah. Anthony, what about yourself? Like I said in the beginning, you know, you got David Fincher, you got Noir, you put them together, you got a masterpiece. And this is definitely a watcher for me. I am, I I believe this is going to be one of those films where in five years, it'll become like one of those cult classics. And David Fincher is just known for creating cult classics. And it doesn't have to win Academy Awards to be, you know, to be prestigious and and have all these uh, accolades in regards to it. And I don't know if it'll, it'll happen for this film, maybe technically, but I just feel like this is something that people will talk about in five years, 10 years. And 
and just really gravitate to the look, the aesthetic, the feel. This is David Fincher that we haven't seen in a really long time and we kind of miss. I think we all missed. And Michael Fassbender, his performance, again, I can't believe Dark Phoenix was his last last role. He's been so missed and I'm so glad that he's back and I hope to have him in more of these movies no assassin's creed type of movie more of this type of movie mr fassbender uh <laughs> and, and i also want to mention tilda swinton she is the chame- oh. chameleon of hollywood her performance as much as i think it's like maybe 10 minutes fantastic and just she Laughing. she she brings like a brevity to her character and to the whole idea of what the world is around these two and the world that we are witnessing i think is just She's just a fantastic actress. I hope to see her more. Uh, but yeah. yeah, this is a definite watch it. Also, I just want to say really quickly, Charles Parnell as well, yeah. too. Yeah. Who, again, is just starting to show up in, you know, scenes here and there this year. Always scene stealers. Oh, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Charles Parnell, fantastic. Tilda Swinton, amazing. Tilda Swinton's character reminded me a lot of uh, Clive Owen in the Born Identity movies, where there's that there's that moment of like, look, look, look at what they make you give, look at what they make you mm-hmm. do, and it's mm-hmm. it's that lasting impression that she leaves in this film along with Charles. I think they just do such a great job in the moments that they're in in this movie, and you're like, wow, like what a what a fantastic film. Michael Fassbender is charming in such a menacing way in this film where he he will he will kill to do what he has to do but he doesn't have to do the whole uh you know charles xavier kind of like broodingness to it there's there's this there's this warmth to his character which i absolutely love uh this is this gets a high you say charles xavier by the way (laughs) yeah yeah because when he when he's was it no um eric oh my god eric sorry i was thinking i was reading charles parnell and i'm like yeah Yeah. (laughs) charles xavier (laughs) that's my voice uh yeah that's that's how he sounds (laughs) that's how he sounds he's from the booklet Uh, no, but you, like Magneto, obviously, is what I'm who I'm referring to. That character that he plays, he's always carrying with such like intensity. Like every like he doesn't take a joke at all. Whereas in this one, he he can kill you, but also have a good laugh about it in a way, which is is just kind of weird and, and scary, but it works. Uh, yes, this gets the highest watch it from me as well. I I love this film. There's some things again at towards the ending and some some slower moments that I feel like could have been either cut out or, or trimmed a bit to make it just more concise. But overall, it's such a fantastic film that I can't wait to watch over and over again. Uh, this is going to be one of my most watched Fincher movies along, I think with like, you know, seven and all those other movies, I'm going to be watching it a lot to just study and understand it a bit further. And of course, give a huge shout out to our friends over at Netflix Canada for inviting us to come watch this movie. So thank you so much that of course the killer will be in select theaters. Go watch it in theaters. It's worth your time in the theaters. October 27th, and it will be on Netflix November 10th. We're the Movie Podcast. You can follow us every single place at the Movie Podcast. Our show notes below have all those links and more. We also have a Discord channel that you can join and talk to us about movies and whatever's kind of going on in the world. We'd love to hear about it. Of course, that was this time with the Movie Podcast, and we'll see you next.